Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast and Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, the pastor of St. James Catholic Church in McMinnville, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So tonight I want to focus on those three main characters we have in the prodigal son. So the first one is the younger son, and the second one is the elder son, and the third is the father. Now I think a lot of us can relate to the younger son uh, going off and having this sense that I need to kind of leave home and, and get away from everything that I used to do and used to believe, and then we find that that we have these dead ends and these people we thought were our friends, they weren't really our friends, and then we have this realization that we can come back and and of course God in our home tends to take us back. Anyway, sometimes that's what we identify with. Uh, there was a, a while back that my parents rented a movie and it was a Sean Penn movie and it was called Into the Wild. It's like 15 years ago or something like that. And anyway, they said, oh Mike, you were in Alaska and this is about this guy who goes to Alaska. And I thought, oh, okay, sounds good. You know, sounds like a good movie. Now, the gist of the story was Sean Penn, as a young man, uh, he was with his family, and his parents both loved him, but he had what they call wanderlust, the idea, I need to get out and leave everything behind and go out and seek new horizons. And so he just kind of didn't tell anyone where he's going or what he was doing, and he just left. And he met a few friends along the way. And uh, then later, once he started to get established with some of these friends, he left them and didn't tell them where, we, where he was going or what he was doing. And he eventually gets up into Alaska, and he thought, I'm just going to live on the land. And uh, anyway, he ends up starving to death. So, wonderful movie, right? So anyway, I'm thinking, like, this is a horrible movie. Because here he had these parents who loved him, and he just kind of left them all behind without even having the, the decency to tell him where he was going or what he was doing. And then he meets these friends, and, and they wanted to help him. And he just ends up leaving them. And then he goes off into the forest in Alaska and does all kinds of stupid things and, and until he dies. It's like, well, who makes these kinds of movies? Well, it was only later I, that... I didn't realize this, but when they made the movie, they made the movie as a tribute to him, like he was some hero. And I was like, that's terrible. It's like, why do people do this kind of thing? Well, we know why people do this sort of thing. Because there's something in our human nature that no matter how good we have it, we think that there's got to be something better. I just need to leave everything good behind, and I'll find that joy or that that answer to the restlessness that I have in this life. But true to form, that when we leave the people who truly love us, when we leave our faith or our God who truly loves us, we find, well, maybe that promise of wanderlust, it doesn't really fulfill what we think it will. And that's why the greater story, of course, is the young son who comes back. He realizes his home. His home was not wandering all over the place thinking that he was going to find the secret of life by thrill-seeking. Rather, where he already was was where he needed to be. And that really is a statement of our faith that if we are with God, if we are 
with the church, if we are living the godly life, we're home. We often don't realize how good we have it because we're so close to it. And so the one thing I'd like to get across maybe today is, is realize what we have as people of faith. Realize the God who loves us, who's constantly bringing us back. And then if we're satisfied with our home, great. And if we're not quite there yet, come back to him because he will receive you and he will come and find you as he does. All right, the uh, second one is we have the elder son. Now, the elder son is kind of a character that many people don't really focus on that much, but he wasn't too happy that his brother came back. Rather, he was pretty resentful because I think in his mind, he thought that his household that he was at was all his now and there wasn't room for new or other people to come. And I think there's a a certain aspect of this as well, that sometimes it can be easy to think that God in the church is a little more like a country club than like a church like God intends it to be. So it was a a while back that uh, uh, my grandmother, she was always one of compliments. And I love her and she loves me, but she would say some things sometimes that she'd go, what? What?" So anyway, there was one time when, when she found out that I was studying to be a priest and joined the seminary. She said, Mike, you can't be a priest. You're not fisticated enough. I'm like, fisticated? She meant sophisticated, right? I was like, well, yeah, I'm just a kid from Grant's Pass, you know. But anyway, it was funny because it wasn't that much later that I was with a friend down in Southern California. He says, uh, we have to go to this, this club. And he says, just bear with me. And he goes, I know it's not your usual thing, but there's this club in Disneyland like Club, I don't know, 99 or something like that. And uh, anyway, what I didn't know is that people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to belong to this club. And they also continue to pay tens of thousands of dollars to remain in the club, like every year. And uh, the great benefits of belonging to the club is you get to go to a restaurant that's got a great view, I will say that, in Disneyland, and you got to pay for the food at the restaurant. And I was thinking, like, well, this is ridiculous. But it was a good meal. I have to admit, but my, my friend was saying, um, he goes, I know this isn't your thing, you know, and I'm like, well, it could be my thing. No, it's like not my thing. So, but anyway, that idea of exclusiveness, right? It's like, I want to be better or special and I want to keep other people out. And, and, and there can be a tendency for that type of attitude in the church. And we have to be very careful that we're not doing that. Uh, Vatican II documents, it talks about what priests are supposed to do. And if I asked you the question, like, okay, what is it? What's the number one thing that a priest is supposed to do? Well, you might come up with some ideas, you know, well, celebrate mass, do the sacraments, and, you know, all that's great, and that's kind of part of what we do. But the number one thing we're supposed to do is what they call preach the gospel. Interesting, right? Most people wouldn't guess that. But it's the fuller sense of preaching the gospel it's not just like sitting out there and yelling at people. It's the, the idea of helping others to understand who God is, what Jesus offers, and why they should come to him and be part of his plan for salvation. You know, this is the gospel. And the great thing about the gospel is that it's open to everyone. Come on in. You know, God wants, God wants all of us to have a share in that gospel. And if I'm preaching it, that means in my words as well as my actions that I'm helping people to understand that Jesus is for them. And this is something that the elder son had forgot. He was in the household, 
but he forgot being in that household means that he should celebrate and have great joy in his returning brother. He lost sight of that. And the father is pleading with him to try to get a, to understand that. That's why the older son, when he's saying, he's saying you and your son, you notice he's not saying my father and he's not saying my brother. And the father's trying to remind him. It's like, look, you're part of the family. Everything I have is yours, but this is your brother. So anyway, it's a good reminder to all of us as well that the church is not a country club. It's not exclusive. It's something that we should be, first of all, sharing with others and then allowing them to have a share in the good things of God as well. All right, the last one, we have the father. Now, the father, you'll notice, he runs out to meet his son when he sees him in the distance. And sometimes people might say that, well, see, God is great, right? We don't even have to change or repent or convert or anything. God will just come and he'll save us anyway. But that's not really what happened here. The younger son, he had his repentance, he had his conversion, and he wanted to come back home. And in the midst of coming back home, the father runs out and meets him halfway. And and I think that's a great image because we all have a responsibility as Christians to understand that we are sinful, we need, we need to repent, we need to convert, and we need to come to God. But we also do that with a sense of hope and confidence that God is not going to reject us, that he wants us to come to him so that he can fully receive us. And so what we have here in, in the Father is just this gracious and lavish and someone who knows how to forgive without holding it over his son. Notice that the son, when he came, a father, I'm not worthy to be your son. Treat me like you would treat a slave. The father would have nothing to do with it. He just received him back and he said, it's time for you to get sandals and get a ring and we're going we're gonna to have a, a, a feast. And what the father is saying is, you are fully restored. I'm not going to hold this over your head. I'm not going to remind you of this every five days or something like that down the road. That you're my son. You are going to be fully restored into the family. And you don't need to be a slave and you don't need to continually apologize forever because I can see in your actions that you want to be where you belong. And anyway, I think that's a great lesson for us as well. Sometimes we're supposed to be the father, right? Be able to forgive someone and meet them halfway when we see they're coming and not hold it over their head. And sometimes we're just called to be the one who understands that that God is so gracious that we can't deserve his love and we can't deserve his forgiveness and we can't deserve the heaven and the salvation he offers us. So anyway, as we look at the prodigal son, you may even want to go home and reread it because it's kind of a long prodigal son parable. Chapter 15 of Luke. Uh, But hopefully we will understand that no matter where we're at, we can always come home to our God and that even if we find ourselves a little resentful of others, that we can imitate the example we see in, in, in the Father and to be ones who know how to forgive and to bring others into the glory of God's household because what he offers so graciously to us, he offers is graciously to everyone else. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.